Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. What is the Bible? Who wrote the Bible? The church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, is where our trouble began. This sounds to me like the voice of someone who really has an appalling ignorance of what the Bible says about itself and what Jesus said about it. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What does Spiritual abuse sound like? See, that's how I know you still poor, broke, busted, and disgusted because of how you've been honoring me. There you have it right there. This is Wretched Radio, the viral clip that's gone around the world. Friel, that's what viral means. A pastor, his name doesn't matter. He's, I guess you could call this preaching. If a music stand qualifies for a pulpit, and he's berating his sheep because they didn't buy him. A Movado watch. Not kidding. I'm not worth your McDonald's money. I'm not worth your Red Lobster money. I ain't worth your St. John knit. Y'all can't afford it no how. (laughs) As he struts about in a black suit with a collar. Because he's religious, this guy. I ain't worth y'all Louis Vuitton. I ain't worth your Prada. I'm not worth your Gucci. You can buy a Movado watch in Sam's. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And y'all know I asked for one last year. Here it is the whole way in August. I still ain't got it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me kick down the door and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. (laughs) Spiritual berating. For a Movado watch. I don't want to hear no more excuses about what y'all can't afford. You can't afford it because you don't see the value here. Ah, there it is. There's the old prosperity angle. If you appreciated me more, you'd have more money. So you could give me more money. Do you see how that circle works? (laughs) Y'all hear from y'all past and father. I'm over y'all. Okay, you sure are. Brutal. I'm over your cheap expressions. (laughs) How does one go about the business of avoiding that? Clearly, that would be a wee bit extreme. But spiritual abuse actually can happen even in good churches. Perhaps a solution to the problem is found in this article written by Table Talk magazine. I suspect the fellow is Presbyterian, or at least, uh, let's see, he's from he's from Milan. Jimmy? Yeah. That's in Europe. That's in... Someplace. That's in Italy, isn't it? Where the... You know, you don't have to show me up on geometry. <laughs> Not that good at it. The importance of a plurality of elders... How many elders should your church have? Well, we are not given a specific number in the Bible, but Paul repeatedly talks about elders. This fellow, apparently from Italy, is going to make the case that it should be a plurality of elders where they are equals. Now, I would happen to agree with the former, disagree slightly with the latter. I agree with the former. There should be a plurality of elders to ensure the safety of the church, that truth is being preached, etc., and that 
you know, th- these types of shenanigans don't happen over a Movado watch. <laughs> Dude wants a watch. Real bad, I guess. That's just how you control people, incidentally. That's how you just manipulate them and guilt them and threaten them. Yikes, that is nasty business. I agree a plurality of elders would help. And yet, I think we see a pattern in different realms of authority. And even inside of the church, it is not explicitly stated in the Bible, but I think that it is implied that there needs to be somebody who is the head of, the leader of, There should be a plurality of elders. They should have authority. They should be able to hold the, what we call these days, the senior pastor accountable. But I still think you need somebody who actually leads the, somebody's going to lead a meeting. Somebody is going to lead the conversation. Somebody is going to make decisions on stuff on a daily basis. So with that being said, Perhaps a plurality of elders would help your church to not be browbeaten into buying your pastor a Mavada watch. For biblical and practical reasons, for the plurality of elders, one, it provides the church with greater accountability. It's not just one guy going off like the aforeheard fellow. Aforeheard. Jimmy, that's a new, you can just, that's like Paul. I just invented a word, smash into <laughs> the aforeheard fellow wanting his Mavado watch. You want accountability on a pastor? There needs to be a plurality of elders. Now, in evangelical Christianity, probably most likely in Southern Baptist circles, historically, it's one guy, and then he's it. He's kind of the CEO of the church, and he leads it. He makes the decisions. He gives the direction. They might have elders, but they are really there just to implement his vision and direction. Uh, I don't I don't think that a church like that is living in willful, unrepentant sin, unless, of course, the guy beats you up to get a Movado watch. But I do think that a plurality of elders is the safer way to go, and it's the more biblical way. I don't think, I can't think, Jimmy, maybe you could do a concordance search. Do we ever see singular elder, or is it always elders? I think it's always elders instead of elder. See what you can find. Shared accountability helps protect the flock from the spiritual abuse and bullying that could more easily occur in a church where everyone is accountable to one man. Not persuaded? Second reason a plurality of elders is a good idea. It provides the church with greater chance of success in her mission. What is the mission of the church? Well, I think Jesus has written it for us. We don't need to have a vision for the church. You need to have leadership. But the current trend that the pastor gets a vision and then everybody else has to do his bidding because God gave him that dream or that picture, or that vision, no. But there should be some leadership involved, and the mission should be the same for every church, to make disciples, to protect the truth, and to preach the word, to administer the sacraments. Do you see how that vision 
is a little bit different than so many of the visions you see today. My vision is we'll have 2,000 people here. My vision is that we're going to raise this much money. My vision is we're going to have this sort of facility. Now, all of those things can be led, but that's not the biblically ordained picture of the mission of the church. It is to make disciples, nurture disciples, administer the sacraments, make sure that we are defending the truth, preaching the word, holding people accountable. Without officers, plural, functioning in their God-ordained roles, the pastor cannot remain devoted to prayer, preaching, and teaching. So he becomes overwhelmed with administration and involved in tasks that rightly belong to the elders and deacons. When you just have a pastor who's the paid guy, who's responsible for everything, Uh uh-oh, you're going to have a pastor that's pulled in a million directions. They still can be with a plurality of elders. Worse, he runs the risk of defining the church's mission according to his own vision and building the ministry around his giftedness and personality. So if you have a plurality of elders, they will then make sure that people are on mission. They will make sure that stuff is getting done so that the pastor can keep administering the sacraments, preaching the word, exercising church discipline, you know, acting like a church. Number three, a plurality of elders provides the church with greater preservation of the truth. It ensures that you stay on course doctrinally. A pastor can... He can take a class, he reads a book, and oh man, that was amazing. And all of a sudden, everybody has got to be on the same page. A plurality of elders puts the kibosh on that. Jimmy, do we ever see elder? Uh, well, we see it a couple of times, but it's it's not in reference to elders in a church. Everything is plural, uh, with the exception of uh, Peter referring to himself as an elder, a fellow elder, or the qualifications of an elder. Yeah, but not the elder, no, incidentally. It, no, everything else is plural. Fourth, a plurality of elders provides the flock with greater pastoral care, family visits, biblical discipline, catechizing the youth, promoting the work of evangelism, providing biblical counseling, ministering to the sick and dying, There is spiritual abuse that can take place in a church that maybe isn't as grotesque as Mr. Movado. I think that was a stick song, if I'm not mistaken. Mr. Movado? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me... Give me a watch or I'll pistol whip you, Mr. Movado. I think that's how the song went right there. A plurality of elders safeguards against spiritual abuse. It safeguards against the church getting wonky. It safeguards you making sure that you and your family are actually tended for. Question, what is the polity of your church? This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami 
vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the uh, literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Okay, so I've got a question for you. When was the last time you stuck something in the mail that actually made it to its destination on time? Has it been a while? We feel your pain because at the Wretched Store, we've also been having trouble promising delivery dates for your purchases, and we don't like that at all. Which is why our annual digital sale couldn't have come at a better time. This Friday through Sunday, you'll find the digital download and stream of select resources in the Wretched Store marked 50% off. And that's a win-win-win. How so? Simple. Number one, half-off regular price. That's a win for you. Number two, immediate delivery and no waiting on the postal service. Another win for you. And number three, you're happy because you've saved money and didn't have to wait. That's a win for us. See, a win-win-win for everyone all the way around. So don't miss this opportunity that only comes around once a year. Our annual digital sale, Friday through Sunday only at the Wretched Store at Wretched.org. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Church Fathers. Ignatius of Antioch was a disciple of Peter and John and the Bishop of Antioch. He was arrested and sentenced to die in the Roman arena. As he prepared to go to his death, Ignatius said, Let fire and cross, flocks of beasts, broken bones and dismemberment come upon me, so long as I attain to Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Mm, apparently we're not the only ones who can be... Puritanical. This is Wretched Radio. Bill Maher has a doppelganger. Okay, she doesn't look like him, but she seems to hold the same sort of political views as Bill Maher, who would consider himself to be a classic liberal. He does not adhere to the radical liberal movement that is taking place. In fact, he's become quite critical of it. But let's just say he's probably not going to vote for anybody with an R behind their name. He's a liberal. He definitely does not hold any sort of conservative moral values. And he is regularly critiquing those who are changing morality and acting 
puritanically. An individual named Kat Rosenfield. She's an author. She does a podcast. She would call herself a Bill Maher-like liberal. Okay, she may not use those words, but she basically is. And she wrote an article for unheard.com that I thought was insightful and potentially helpful for us when we engage the world in conversations about our current social issues. Because they're not social issues. They're at their foundation moral issues. And this just might be a time when we need to dust off our presuppositionalism and start applying it. To start asking some questions. Really, you want to impose that belief? From whence does your morality come? Who says that we should do it that way? From the progressive Puritans will fail, Kat Rosenfield writes, In American culture, the role of the cautioning, fun-averse parent has been typically played by the political right. The focus of her article is that historically, people in America have tried to quash, squash, demolish, and just put a damper on fun. And now that the liberals, the radical liberals, are in charge of everything, they want to do the exact same thing. Now, different basis, different motivations, but they still are acting puritanically. Let's let her make the case. Republicans were the party of rules and regulations, of just saying no, or of pearl-clutching church ladies waging a perpetual war against uh, dirtiness will be the word that I'll replace her word with. She's right. We have been the ones who have said, oh, pornography isn't good. That type of language and vulgarity, it's not good for a society. Marriage is good for families. And I think I saw in my pile of reading at least two studies that make the, make the case a, hu- a husband and a wife, a mother and a father in the home, it's just flat out better for the kids. It's just, no matter how you slice it or dice it. In fact, hold on a second. Here's, it was a senator who is, a, a couple of senators who are trying uh, to bring the spotlight onto welfare programs and how they undermine a biblical family. But this particular article might be for you or your youngin who isn't getting married. This was written in The Federalist. Dragging your feet on marriage? Here's a robust case for tying the knot amid a recession. Can you see where this article is going to go? It's a good deal to be married. Struggling financially? Get married. No, that shouldn't be your primary reason, but it is a Benny. That shouldn't be overlooked. The Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis examined the link between wealth and the relationship status of young adults, those 25 to 34. They did a comparison between the 80s and the 2000, year 2016. They found that marriage rates have declined in young adulthood. We've dropped from 57 to 37%, while married couples' median net worth has remained consistently higher than the single household. Huh, isn't that interesting? 
the typical married household had around three times as much wealth as a partnered or single household. In other words, if you're just shacking up, you don't get the bennies. And there's a reason for this. If we don't do it God's way, it just ain't going to work real goodly. You are going to continue to, in every realm of your life, if your thinking is not in alignment with God and his word, you're kicking against the goads. If you worked in a factory, you would be given an assignment and you would be given rules for the productivity of the corporation. Well, always always a little bit limp when it comes to illustrations, but the world is a corporation. God is the CEO. Incidentally, he's the CFO. He's the COO. He's the any other name and title that begins with the letter C. He runs the whole shebang and he has rules. And when we follow them, things just go better because that's the way the place is designed. And the same thing is true for marriage. So you would think, well, two people shacking up, that should be as good as marriage. No, no, it's not. The median net worth of married couples was nearly nine times as much as single households. Wow. Zah. Not only that, cohabitation does not benefit from a financial perspective. The St. Louis Fed's research found that young couples who were living together but not married had median net worth similar to that of single adults. It's because a married couple, they trust one another, they invest together, they help one another pay off the student loan debt, bring down their credit card, and they're in it together, which means they have a tendency to have a better credit rating, which means they are more desirable for mortgage companies. Although these days, I suspect mortgage companies will be willing to take just about anybody as the mortgage rates have blown up and housing purchases have dropped down. We see that people who are married buy houses more together. So if you're young and you're thinking, no rush for this marriage thing. Okay, just know that it's going to cost you. Back to Bill Maher's sister, Kat Rosenfeld. Fun is inherently countercultural. I don't know if I agree with that, but nevertheless. But then the inverse is also true. When a party finds itself in power, pucker-mouthed puritanism tends to creep up on it. In other words, just like Christians used to preach morals and values, liberals are doing the exact same thing from Cat. When it comes to cultural power, the moral majority of my millennial youth have long since been dethroned. Now the left holds the keys to the castle. (laughs) That the forces of censorship... Prudery and conformity have lately shifted their location to the political left is not a new observation. There's a book called The Rise of the New Puritans by Noah Rothman. It is a book that identifies the war on fun. According to the author, the progressive impulse toward policing fun is the feature of every puritanical movement. Remember when they used to call us prudes? That that we would just take the fun out of everything. Guess what? Liberals are doing it too. 
The only difference is they don't have a moral basis. They might have a basis built on Karl Marx. They might have a basis built on James Cone. But they do not have a basis built on God. The content of an HBO comedy special from even 10 years ago is legitimately shocking to the sensibilities of our current moment. We, you can't do comedy the way that you used to. Edgy comedians back then seem to be telecasting their material, not just from the distant past, but possibly from another planet. Furthermore, Cat observes ribald comedy and steamy sex scenes are vanishing from mainstream film. I hadn't heard that, but that's her observation. Books are subject to review and rejection at the manuscript stage for sensitivity. Fusion restaurants are shuttered for the crime of cultural appropriation. There was one journalist who was reviewing a dumpling restaurant, and they had a, a, a sauce titled Hot Faux P-H-O-U. Well, guess what? They sexualized faux hot sauce, disrespecting an entire culture, and they should be shut down. That is the new morality. The question that we should be asking them is, where do you get this? Who says? It's always the big question, isn't it? Who says? That was the question that the devil first asked in the garden, and it is poignant. Who runs the place? Who gets to determine these things? Who gets to say what we view, what we speak, what we eat, how we act, how we dress? I, as a Christian, can happily say God has given us the rules. This isn't my opinion. This is God's truth. Question to my liberal friends. What's yours? This is Wretched Radio. This is Red Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hanks. Administrators at Grace Christian School in Florida say they're receiving death threats because they told parents they would be referring to their children as their biological sex, and any student professing to be LGBT would be asked to leave. Backlash was received from the pagan world to a Christian school for adhering to Christian beliefs. Seems really logical, huh? Oh, and the school? They've lost zero students over their policy, likely because parents knew that they were sending their children to a Christian school up front. But corrupting the education system seems to be the top priority for the pagans these days. Example, the Austin Independent School District in Austin, Texas, who is pushing K-12 teachers to attend a training seminar on how to create supportive learning environments for LGBT students as young as five. And the Texas taxpayers are funding the fill. You know, if school boards and teachers across the country would put the same effort into teaching kids vital things they need as much as they are brainwashing and grooming them with their weird sexual ideologies, our kids would be in much better positions when they graduate high school than they currently are. Well, you may remember we've previously reported about employees of Apple throwing fence about the company returning to a normal office routine, and that seems to be happening again as next month 
month is when workers are to return to the office three days per week, and the protesting and petitioning is getting pretty vile, with one group labeling Apple as racist for wanting employees back in the office. Yeah, that's, that's true. They were called racist. Actually, here's the quote. Returning to the office will make Apple younger, whiter, more male-dominated, more neuronormative, and able-bodied. In short, it will lead to privileges deciding who can work for Apple. If you ask a group of employees who are working from home to now come and do that same job from the office, how does that make the company whiter, younger, and more male-dominated? It's the same employees, just changing locations. Seems fairly logical and simple to me. Well, it seems as though if there is any hint of anything Christian inside the public school system, it's gotta go. And in Texas, that certainly seems to be the case, as the Texas State Board of Education has proposed a policy and curriculum change that would move the school away from using the BCAD dating system in favor of Before Common Era and Common Era, or BCE. CE. And obviously, we can't really expect much different from pagans, but I do fail to see how this is going to accomplish anything. Go ahead, look it up. Before Common Era and Common Era. The change in Before Common Era to Common Era, it still hinges on Jesus Christ. So again, why is the change even necessary? More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. of the Bible. When Habakkuk saw violence and injustice in Judah, he complained to God. God promised to use the Chaldeans to punish Judah. But Habakkuk complained that they were even worse than Judah. God said that he would punish the Chaldeans after using them to purify Judah. God uses all things for his glory and the good of his people, even evil things. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yes, we all want authentic, but perhaps not this authentic. Is you still love me, Lord, even in my darkest moments, when I was in all the wrong places with all the wrong people, when I didn't say thank you at the drive-thru, when I stole a DVD of Shrek 2 When I committed tax fraud My brother went to prison even though it was me When I pushed that old lady down a hill for no reason When I told my friend his dog went missing But I ran it over You still love me little too authentic. This is Wretched Radio. Guess what the youngins desire? Authenticity. They want real. They don't want phony. They don't want plastic. They don't want manufactured. They want something of substance and they want it to be authentic. Now, of course, there are some bumpers that need to be put in place when it comes to being authentic. I think we just heard a fellow crash over that line. For instance, but incidentally, just heard this in our Sunday sermon, quoting from a book, it said something like, oh, I should have written this one down, that we live in a world of normal 
And so when we see something that isn't in what we define as normal, we call it abnormal. That's how the world sees the world. Unbelievers think, yeah, you know what? This is this is the norm. This is the way that it should be. Or they have a picture in their mind of what they think it should be like. That would be normal. A Christian has a different perspective. We live in an abnormal world. So when we see something or someone commit a sin, we shouldn't be gasping at it. Now, some sins, let's be honest, they can be so big they're gasp-worthy, but it shouldn't shock us because we don't live in a normal world. We live in an abnormal world. And when we see abnormal behavior, it shouldn't cause us to go, (laughs) Now, we want to be careful here from a couple of different angles. Number one is when we say it's an abnormal world, it doesn't mean that it was unplanned. This is God's plan, that human beings would fall and that they would wreck the place and that there would be a curse on the planet. So this isn't somehow a world that has gotten out of God's control. It is fully under his control, but for his purposes, he has ordained that we would live in an abnormal world. But because of the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, it is going to be made normal and new forever. It's sort of like classic literature, that there's some sort of... Pretty much every book, you got to have some sort of plot. And regularly, we will see a villain, we'll see a hero, an antagonist, protagonist, same thing for real. We will see that there is there's there's some sort of danger involved, some sort of bad outcome that could take place if something doesn't get righted. Where do we get those notions? That's God's story for the earth. God has ordained everything, including the abnormal that we live in. This might be helpful for you regarding your children. If you find yourself agog, simply agog, that your children behave sinfully, that's normal. (laughs) I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying you shouldn't curb it and discipline it. But I am saying we shouldn't be, whoa, man. Wow. In the context of the sermon I heard, the same thing is true when we observe people with disabilities. We we should expect disabilities. And isn't it true we all have them seriously? You don't have something at least that's achy that does you can't raise your hand above your shoulder anymore. You got that trick knee. You got a bunion on your foot. There's something about us all that is broken, that is, if you will, disabled. Now, that doesn't mean that we go, oh, well, nothing to see here. No big deal. Let's just move on. No, but it does mean that we don't have to be aghast when we see something that the world would say is abnormal. We would say it's actually normal in an abnormal world. The difference between the Christian worldview and secularism is so vast. So when you think, for instance, of Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The world system crushes, and it's like water that just seeps into every crack and crevice of our life. And one of the worldviews that it presents to us on a regular basis is the presumption that this is the way stuff should be. Now, I don't know if that's the way everybody felt for all of history because life used to be hard. But today, when life is so easy, this is, yes, it's all good. The IRS didn't audit me this year. My kids are currently healthy. Everything is normal. No, no, it's not. So the next time your kid sins, I'm not saying that you have to turn a blind eye to it, but don't turn perhaps a rather uh, aggressive word toward their behavior. We shouldn't be shocked. The youngins looking for authenticity was reading an article from a fellow who is currently a pastor, but he used to be in youth ministry and he was a pastor's kid, writes this. This, with millennials and Gen Z drifting from local churches, an instinctive reaction is often that we need to make our churches cooler, improve our social media, present a younger image, which is still a mystery to me. I know we got some good youth pastors who are youthful themselves, but if we want to speed teenagers to adulthood, um, might it be better to have somebody who actually you know, has spent time in adulthood Maybe as much time in adulthood as being a child. Just saying. If we made the music louder, put in concert lighting, preached on topics like dating, grace, younger generations would come flooding through our doors. They're not buying it. And they're not breaking down the door, which is why the youth pastor regularly has to be texting. Hey, you coming tonight? You going to come tonight? Hey, don't forget, we're doing dominoes tonight with the cheesy breadsticks. And the dipping sauce that you love so much. Please come to the church. Why don't they just want to come? Why do we have to goad? Perhaps it's because they want depth. They want authentic. They want something transcendent. I agree with this author. Number one, they want Bible teaching and basic doctrine. They want it. They, 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 they don't want trite stories. They, they don't want little morality tales. And they don't want, in my opinion, the youth pastor, okay, everybody calm down just real quick. I've got to tell you this real quick. Okay, so like John 3, 16. Don't worry about looking that up, man. It's in the Bible. They don't want that. They want Bible teaching. They want something big and deep. Number two, they want practical life help courses. Now, that doesn't have to be in contradiction to Bible teaching. I think that I would summarize that by saying they want application. How does all of this work? How does this relate to that? How does theology proper invade my life to help me make decisions? University, girlfriend, boyfriend, marriage, which car to buy? Do I get a house? Oh, help us. That's what they want. Question, is your church answering their questions? They're asking them, and they're desiring them. Wow. A better man 
would not fall to the temptation of promoting the marriage seminar at Foothills Community Church. <laughs> That's it. In Foothills, Georgia. No. Go ahead. Try to find it on a map. Marble Hill, Georgia. Whatever. <laughs> then why is it called Foothills? I don't know. Because it's in the Foothills. It's Maybe. lovely there. <laughs> don't forget that. Also, don't forget about Road Trip to Truth for youth. We do dive deep. We do go to play. We do respect their intelligence. It's a great resource for your youth group. And finally, number three, and we finally get back to our point, authentic community. They, they, they want something that helps them to feel apart. You've heard this before. If a dad doesn't give his daughter his affection, she'll go find it somewhere else. That's true of all kids. We know that's why some kids get into gangs. That's why we see these days kids identifying as cats. Not kidding. Kids identifying as cats. Why? Because they, they just, please, somebody embrace me. Somebody, please relate to me. That's what they want. And if that is true, we first of all need to ask, so what is biblical? And I think the answer is one and the same. And then the question is, is our church giving them what they are desiring? This is Wretched Radio. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Here's a fun fact. Did you know Todd also hosts a daily TV program? Yep, that's right. Wretched TV is a daily 30-minute program containing live witnessing encounters, conversations about tough theological issues, and like a jillion other things. And you can find Wretched TV pretty much everywhere. It's airing on over 135 Christian TV networks. You'll also find the show on streaming services like Roku, American Gospel TV, Answers in Genesis TV, Amazon Fire TV, and as always, the very trustworthy and reliable wretched.org. This, of course, is only possible because of our gospel partners. It's through their kindness and generosity and commitment to the gospel that we're able to reach millions of people all over the world every year. And so can I ask you to please pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. You can find out more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable, biblical health 
sharing Christians, paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is prophecy. Prophetic books record God's warnings to Israel and other nations of the consequences of continued rebellion against Him and the blessings waiting those who trust Him for salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Church News! I got nothing else here. Or here either, frankly. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, see what I was doing there? Yep. I was I was being authentic. Uh-huh. That's what I was doing. Just being perfectly honest. Let's get to church news, uh, shall we? How's about some Ukrainian church news? How's about the Tomorrow Clubs are opening all over the place? Hundreds of them are back in, air quotes, business, if you will. That is very good news because the Tomorrow Clubs strengthens the local church. How? Why? Kids get saved, go into the Tomorrow Club's weekly meetings, then they bring the gospel home to mom and dad, they get saved, they get plugged into a local church. It's a beautiful thing. Good news, at least, from Ukraine. Now, believe me, plenty of bad stuff going on there. But the brave men and women who are leading the Tomorrow Club's in Ukraine, they're risking it. For the sake of the kids hearing the gospel, would encourage you to consider supporting your own Tomorrow Club. You can do that by simply visiting tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Become a ministry partner of the Tomorrow Clubs. You will be supporting a great church-strengthening ministry where lots of kids get saved. To Australia we go. Looks like a little division going on there with the Anglican Communion. Right there, they are splitting up. Starting a breakaway church. This isn't new. If you take a look at the Lutheran denomination, Methodism, we're talking mainline Protestant stuff here, and, well, even some Baptist, but mainline Protestant, including Anglican, if we can toss them in there. No, I know that would make some conservative Lutherans blanch. Nevertheless, they are trying to break away. I was reading that statistically... While they have all gained six digits, in other, in, in other words, they're, they're all like 100,000 plus, these breakaway Methodist, Anglican, Lutheran movements. That's pretty robust with, with like hundreds of churches. That's stout. 
in my opinion, wasn't as much as they anticipated. The conservatives that were inside of these denominations were not as quick to leave as maybe people thought, which maybe would indicate they're not all that conservative or they're trying to make a change inside of the church. But please remember the church golden rule, at least according to Jimmy, you're not called to stay in a bad denomination and fix it. Called to be in a good church and serve it. Are there exceptions to that rule? Yeah, there are. But that's still the rule. And guess what? The argument is over. You guessed it. Same-sex marriage. (laughs) The great divider of our time. California church. Huh, they've got some churches in California. Actually, there's a bunch of good churches in California, which kind of agitates me. I'm just going to be authentic. Jimmy, I think I like this authentic business. You're nailing it. Hey, I'm just going to be authentic, man. You've really been a jerk. Okay, well, as long as you're being authentic, go ahead and call me me a name if you like. Just being authentic and keeping it real, man. Here's another one. Hey, if I'm just going to be honest, what, you normally aren't honest? There are a lot of Master Sem graduates that refuse to leave California. Hey, hey, we're out here, you know. (laughs) We've got empty pulpits here, too, don't you know? And it's... You actually get four seasons. Now, you will have to Google that if you've lived in California your whole life. Just trust me, weather can vary. Please, don't just stay there. I know it has benefits. Okay, the weather. Don't know if I can come up with another benefit these days with the current political regime, which basically has been in place since Ronald Reagan left the place. And wow, how's about the fruit? Of them liberal endeavors, a lovely state that is just being pushed to the limits, frankly. So why don't you leave is what I'm saying. Just authentically. That's all I'm saying. Think about coming to Georgia. California church was fined $200,000 for defying COVID-19 restrictions. And they got the fines dropped. That's some good news, isn't it? And by the way, I don't know if you saw this. Ah, there was a, this might, uh, uh, hmm, methinks I threw it away already, that there's there was a hospital th- that was being sued because it terminated people's employment because they wouldn't get the, the, the COVID vaccination. Well, they, they just had to pay like $10 million. May that trend continue. What churches are growing? Well, not mainline Protestant. Over the decades, Baptist, Methodist, Lutherans, Presbyterians, and every other Protestant family has declined. Except for those that are non-denominational. And might I also add, not just non-denominational, but biblical, solid, conservative churches. They're growing because people, people don't want nonsense. The show is over. This whole seeker-sensitive game that we've been playing, we need to tip the board over. We're done with with smoke and mirrors, with making the... Who was I just... I just saw... Was just reading somebody... It was somebody's church web... Oh, I know what it was. Yep, I do know. Yep, I do know. Church in Georgia will do anything to make our church comfortable for unbelievers. 
Oh, that's excellent. Then I guess you're going to have to provide laptops so the guys can watch pornography. That's what you're willing to do to attract the GOATS 2020 U.S. Religion Census tallied 4,000 non-denominal churches. And guess what? They are growing. In the meantime, mainline Protestant Christianity, which is hardly Protestant at all in so many regards, is collapsing following five decades of decline. Hmm. Now, some of it is evangelicalism pulling people over, but I think it's their liberal theology that... Why would you... Why would you want to be associated with a group of people that have a reputation of being puritanical prudes when there's nothing there except formality? In the mid-70s, nearly a third of Americans were affiliated with denominations like Methodism, etc. and the Episcopal Church. Now just one in ten Americans are a part of a mainline tradition. That's not something to celebrate and rejoice in, but it's 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 a sign that if you're thinking about becoming a goat herder, you're not going to grow. They don't stick around. They don't give. And all they actually do contribute is a really bad toothache. Why would you invite the goats to come in to be a part of the sheep? My hunch is that because it's probably a goat calling to goat is what it is. The Assembly of God denomination ordains a record number of women. That's not a total surprise. More than five women per week, every week for the last 14 years, are being ordained into ministry, bringing the total number to 10.383. Somebody specific here. 10.3%. Currently a record 27.6% of assembly ministers are women. The Assembly of God denomination apparently skipped over 1 Timothy 2.12. Today, 7 in 10 self-identified evangelicals say they support women preaching. Wait, hold on. Wait, what? Jimmy? Yes. 70% of evangelicals. Two. It's the Thomas Jefferson Bible. You just cut out the 1 Timothy (laughs) 2.12. Even in complementarian traditions such as the Southern Baptist Convention, about 65% say women should be allowed to serve as clergy. Wow. That's a trend that isn't going away anytime soon, which which will put, I'm sorry, my Southern Baptist friends, it's going to put you in the same lot as all of these other shrinking denominations. That's all it's going to do for you. It's going to cost havoc. It's going to cause so much heartache for so many people have served so faithfully for decades in Southern Baptist churches. If you go the liberal route, you will go the liberal route. There's there's not an exception. You don't find a liberal denomination that is thriving. Quick, name one. I can't either. Don't go that way, my Southern Baptist friends. Don't do it. You know what, Jimmy? Yes. I take that back. I take it back. The Assembly of God denomination actually is growing. They and, are. And they're ordaining a record number of women preachers. So now what do we do? Oh, yeah. We have to return to the Bible. We have to ask God, who have you ordained for different ordained roles inside of the church? 
And it's not because he's a misogynist. It's simply because there must be order, and the order is clear. 1 Timothy 2, verse 12. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.